0: I would write a fully fleshed out track with all of its elements, all of its parts. And when you just solo two or three or four instruments out of the 15 that are all firing at the same time or 20 different sounds that are firing at the same time, it sounds like a new piece of music, even though it's quintessentially the same song, just another uh, side of it.
1: Epitasis is cool.
0: There's really
1: no way to get around that. As a science fiction game inspired by electronic albums, it felt like the perfect place to start talking about the intersection of design and music in games. Fortunately, it was created by just two people, designer Lucas and composer Pejman, and they were both kind enough to join me for what was destined to be an excellent conversation. I'm Brian Kelly, and thanks for joining us for An Evening at the Roost.
2: Hidosos is a puzzle exploration game set on a sci-fi alien world. Essentially, you get transported there through a portal you find on Earth, and your whole mission is to essentially find a way back while exploring ancient ruins of a long-lost race uh, that used to inhabit the planet. I worked on it for about, you know, three years, and a little over a year into its development, Peshman came along through, uh, I guess it was a Kotaku Oracle, right?
0: More or less, uh, the Kotaku... Article uh, was featuring epiphanies and mentioning how much it looks like Tycho's artwork, but uh, not just like the static art, but the whole world resembled what Tycho's music would look like uh, if it was a visually real world. Ron! And so the um, exuded uh, it was kind of it exuded Tycho's uh, artwork brought to life in a world where you could move around and explore. And that's what the article was about.
1: And you were already a Tycho fan.
0: Yeah, we were both Tycho fans and um, right bo- both my best friend and my girlfriend, um, that same day the article came out, texted me, This this is this is you written all over it, or like you need to like you should see this something like that along those lines. And then um, I looked up uh, Lucas's website uh,
2: after reading that article and found his email there, and just shot in the dark reached out to him. So that was about I think that was early 2017, uh, and I've been working on it since then for. Probably like six months, and the whole time I've worked on it, it's always been in my free time and stuff like that. But so that was only, I guess, six months into development, and then he, Benjamin's been there pretty much every step of the way since then. You know, I don't think the game would be the same uh, if he hadn't come along because I think the music is one of its very defining attributes. And again, that goes that goes back to how big of an influence, just like Taiko was, or Boards of Canada and a few other bands and you know when i'm working on a new project even even this new one that i mentioned it's one of my main things i go to is is always music for some reason that just resonates with me the most
1: yeah that's really cool because you often hear about musicians looking at like the artwork and stuff to design a game um but it's really interesting to hear about a game designer looking to different music to inspire inspire their design
2: yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but just something about listening to music brings a lot of imagery to my mind itself, mm-hmm. so it really yeah. helps me bring these worlds to life, I guess. Yeah, it was is pretty much instant, you know, after I listened to Pejman's, you know, demo reel, essentially, that he sent me over, and because before that I had I had spoken to with a few other musicians and there was one that I guess I had been working with for like you know a couple months or something but all of them you know are more traditional but when Peshman comes along and he already knows Tycho and you know his music is already sort of
0: just yeah more more electronic you know Tycho is really Tycho definitely was our um, initial bond Game music can often be pigeonholed into like being orchestral, I suppose, yeah, um, or like MIDI orchestral. Um, Mm -hmm. and I I guess Lucas, um, being a taiko fan, wanted that edge, that electronic edge where someone could still do some songwriting and had some compositional chops. Uh, and I actually do have orchestral and classical and jazz. Uh, background as far as writing is concerned, but the other uh, prominent half of me is electronic music, so I think that's uh, what he's referring to.
2: The music that was produced for Up was just... It's just something so unique. Like, you don't really hear it in many other games, I feel like. Um, no. And I'm trying to say that in the most unbiased way possible, also.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was actually <laughs> just listening to it today before the interview and reminding myself of it. And something that's that stands out to me is you... Listening to it in the game, it's a, it's a natural fit for those kind of alien environments you're in. But Thank it you. also... It feels like a standalone electronic album when you're listening to it outside. Of the game. Right. Like I, it it completely stands up as its own piece of music and feels like something that a, a non-game artist would have completed as a full album. While a lot of game music doesn't really work that way when divorced from the game. Yeah.
2: I think it naturally came to that direction too. Um just because of the nature of how we produced it and then how we fit the tracks mm-hmm. into the game too.
1: So that's something I'm curious about is what was that process like? Was there like interactivity in the music in terms of it fading certain parts in and out or like, how did that um, kind of collaboration work in terms of fitting the music into the game?
2: Sure. Uh, so we actually developed our own little uh, system for the music where uh, Pejmon, we we basically would focus on because Epitasis has four five sort of main uh, areas for the player to explore. And so we would focus one track on each area, essentially, um, because that was the easiest way to kind of just break it down. And then we knew that there was going to be these puzzle sections and then exploration sections in the game. So each track was sort of designed around having the suite of different feels and, uh, I guess, nuances almost uh, within each that fit those requirements. And uh, what would happen is, and Peshman can elaborate on this, but he would essentially start working on a track. And by the time it was completed, he would break it down into these multiple stems that could be anywhere from like 15 seconds to 30 seconds to even as long as like a minute. And using the system that we developed, uh, we would fade basically layers of those stems in and out, depending on what the player was currently doing in the game. So if they were exploring it might be more uh ambient, but still some some light like synth under uh under the like wind or something. But then as mm-hmm. they would progress into like a puzzle area, the music would swell and build up and become more uh you know uh over not overbearing, but it would you know, mix well. Right. It would become loud. yeah, dense. That's a good word for it. The so, uh the and yeah. to
0: elaborate um what Uh, Lucas is elaborate on what Lucas is saying. Uh, Essentially Mm -hmm. I would write a fully fleshed out track um, with all of its elements, all of its parts. And, um, and then, right. You know, the way I often write music is I have a lot of layers and or textures um, in involved. That's what, while you're listening to like the fully fleshed out, like the fully realized piece of music. And, um, when you, Mm -hmm. um, just solo, uh, two or three or four instruments out of the 15 that are all firing at the same time or 20 different sounds that are firing at the same time, it sounds like a new piece of music, even though it's quintessentially the same song, just another, uh, side of it. And so, uh, you know, it basically, uh, build a fully, uh, fully fleshed out, uh, piece of music that has its solid identity and then subtractively carve away and then at which angle you carve away that can represent uh, this more peaceful part and then not only are you carving away from like one minute you know each different minute of music will have a different section too so there's songwriting involved Mm -hmm. and in each every section being fully dense in the finished track that you hear on the soundtrack well there's plenty of sounds to Take away and isolate and focus on other sounds, and this is the kind of general idea we're talking about uh, as far as stems. um, Many many stems making up the whole, but taking away from the whole for different parts of the level and to create this interactive dynamic, which you know goes as far back as Dire Dire Docks or the water level in Super Mario sixty four. That once you (laughs) go into once you step into the water the pads come in and those pads or the string sounds are always there, but they're not playing until you go into the water. But the full song is with Mm -hmm. the string sounds or pads. So, um, it's, it's a pretty old, but ultra effective. Um,
1: well, it's the golden rule of video games is that everything goes back to Mario. 64, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, in some way, textbook <laughs> reference. It is, it is the Kevin Bacon of yeah of, of video games. I mean, um, we had uh,
2: yeah we had Mario sixty four <laughs> reference at the very end of the game too. Uh, I don't know if oh, oh, really? with the credits? yeah, sort of. I don't yeah, with the credits. So you know, at the end of Mario sixty four, mm. they kind of fly through all the levels, sort of, so to speak. And yeah, 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 we did yeah, the yeah. same sort of thing. That's right. Yeah.
1: Man, that's great. But I, I. Really like what you were just saying, Pejman, because I feel like a lot of modern game soundtracks, when I listen to them, especially orchestral ones that are heavily, um, what would you say, that are heavily adapted to the game, they're not super compelling to listen to outside because in because they're trying to be ambient music, they never really ever develop an identity or a melody that really sticks with me.
0: Yeah, melody, melody is very uh, huge and key. It's it's a big, melody is a big deal. I right. think that's a, what a lot of Western game music has lacked over the last decade or two.
1: Yeah, but you found an interesting way around that by basically saying, hey, I can have my ambient music with no melody just by removing portions of it, but it's building up to that eventual yeah. payoff. Right. Um, you eventually, yeah, and that would explain why when listening to the soundtrack, it felt like a full album because I was getting the full the full pieces that's, of music.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, You know, we we were kind of just uh loosely walking our way in the dark with a general idea of what to do but um it's yeah. nice to hear that it paid off that way because that's what we were going for
1: yeah i think another cool element of it is that music um is often more i mean repetition is what endears us to music it's why pop songs you know play the same yes. chorus over and over again and so that idea that idea of priming someone for the full song with just elements of it before you hear it is actually kind of cool because like you said, you might not notice that the ambient music is the same as the thing playing with 15 instruments, but you have been being developed towards it.
0: Yeah. Actually, as you're saying it, I haven't necessarily thought of that thought of it that um, deeply or haven't articulated it in that way at least, but yeah, it it is. the, The repetition is very important. It's, it it's actually what establishes a song's identity if you never go back to and this is a musical term an a section where hmm. it's like the first thing you hear right. if you never like go back to it to tie it together uh per se um it doesn't ever yeah uh establish an identity of that's the theme that's kind of what this song's about hmm. and now i'm going to build on that now that i've yep. repeated it and go somewhere new but um but connected. And um, yeah, I guess maybe that's kind of what's played into it being able to stand as an LP on its own uh, and devoid of the game. But then it's cool to know that once you listen to it with that, for someone to listen to it in that uh, perspective through that lens of, Oh, this is just an album. But then they realize, Oh, this is for, this is actually a soundtrack to a game. uh, And it doubles as mm-hmm. a standalone album and also yet it's yeah. written as a soundtrack for a game um mm-hmm. these 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 yeah. uh, points about repeating and building on uh simple elements that are all part of a whole song's identity um that style that system right all all plays into perhaps at, at least i'm realizing now what uh contribute what what contributed to that end result yeah
1: yeah it's nice to have the ambient and the melodic function both being fulfilled by the same piece of music somehow
2: i was just going to say going back to the album real quick i did want to mention that uh yeah. i think another reason that it feels so much more like an album than maybe a video game soundtrack at the same time is also its length uh peshman and i had decided on the length of the album like pretty early on um just as like a more contractual thing that we wanted to figure out. And, and I think it ended up actually working out really well um, because, you know, you look at so many other video game soundtracks and they're like, they can be, you know, an hour and 30 minutes or an hour and 40 minutes or something. And a the soundtrack is only around 40, 45 minutes or something. Yeah. And uh right. that's more traditional, I think for an album. And then the tracks also, I remember talking with Pejman when we were, before we released it about, the order of the tracks and stuff like that too. And I think that also helps mm-hmm. bring, it feels like an, a video game album in that regard, but it also feels like an, like a yeah. regular LP as well. And of course the artwork is yeah, fantastic. Oh. Is. <laughs> 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 that was uh that was a lot of iterating back and forth too. that was, that was fun. Yeah. That was definitely worth it. He was it, extremely though. patient yeah. with my
0: revision notes. <laughs> I, I'm sure, I'm sure I drove him nuts, but he's just so gracious.
2: I'm sure I got all 40 revisions yeah. <laughs> sitting around somewhere.
0: Oh, I guess last thing that <laughs> probably fun. contributes to the album sound is uh, is are are the sounds right. used. Uh, they're not they're oh yeah. they're not very generic. Mm. I guess you know you're not hearing the same uh, tired synth. Uh, I mean yeah the tones are the tones the sounds they're all. Um, yeah, uh, they're kind of either crafted or really dug for, like you know, or modified or just um, personalized, so that it there is just the the sonic territory, the the the, the tone of the sounds are also yep. signature epithesis. You know, the the palette, if you will, the tonal palette um, is consistent yes. and fairly unique. So um, that right. was also that's something else that ended up paying off tremendously.
1: And the, the idea of palette going back to art, that's one of the things that really blew me away when I played Epictetus earlier this year is, especially for, when I heard it was just a one-man project, I kind of had set my expectations and then I started playing it and I'm like, this art is phenomenal. <laughs> like, this game looks so beautiful. And it, really um, it was a wonderful marriage between the, the art and the music because, like you said, Pejman, that idea of... Both of them seem to have this very intentional sense of the palettes and doing a lot with a little. It's like they were restrained, but by being restrained and choosing very carefully, it was just pleasant to be a part of and look at, even if it, you know, not a ton is happening in Epitasis compared to a lot of games, because it's a very simple exploration game. Right. But that minimalism, I think, really works for it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. My little sister has been listening to Epitasis more as time has gone by. Like, you know, it's I I feel like it it has a sleeper hit quality in that regard that people may discover it later Mm -hmm. and feel like, whoa, what is this? This is great. And um so she's uh fallen in love with it more and she kinda gave me this idea um that I'm just gonna relay over while we're all here on this uh chat. Um (laughs) she was she was saying I I, I love Epitus, I love the music. I love just listening to the soundtrack, um, and I love the world, um, but she's not a gamer. And the thing is, I know Epidesis has that quality of, Mm -hmm. it appeals to people who don't play video games. Uh, It does have have that going for it. But to someone who really just isn't uh, going to play video games because of lack of time or um, whatever other reason... Um, she was just like, is there, is there a way there can just be a 40 minute music video of the entire (laughs) album playing through from track one through 12. And it's just like, I get to be in the world of Epitasis, but I don't have to do anything or play anything, but it's like, I'll feel like I'm walking around in that beautiful world. And there's just like this, like custom made music video for the soundtrack. Um, for, for those of us who are just who don't ever play a video game at all.
2: Um, right. And I'm like,
0: that's a really good idea. I'm going to, I'm going to let them know. That is
2: a really good idea. Yeah. So, so I there mean, you have it. I almost yeah. feel like the, I almost feel like the end credits is almost like a slight foray. Yes. Into it's, that. it's somewhat like, and yeah. like,
0: I guess it's asking for the end credits, but a 40 minute version where it's a, it's a right. total, <laughs> it's a, a thorough tour of the beauty of the world. And yeah, yeah. just, and and going along with the full soundtrack
2: we might have to do something there <laughs> yeah um i <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was a really yeah. nice
0: idea so i just had to bring that up
2: yeah
1: that's awesome it that
0: could be cool your sister is good ideas. <laughs> yeah yeah she does Thanks Yasmin.
1: <laughs> that's awesome because i, I think it um yeah, it has that concept album feel where the artwork and the the artwork and the music feel like they should go together. And so, yeah, that just that video in isolation to me, I, I would definitely keep that <laughs> playing for a while <laughs> on loop. Um uh, that's really yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um so, something I'm curious about, you guys mentioned Tycho obviously big inspiration. Were there any other game soundtracks that inspired you or was it mostly hmm. the uh Tycho?
2: Honestly, uh at least for myself I'm not sure about Pejman but uh I'm not really sure there was that many other like game albums that yeah. inspired me it was more so a lot of electronic music so like Tycho of course as we mentioned but uh Boards of Canada is another really big one for me washed um, out and mm-hmm. then washed out yeah washed out uh especially their their album Paracosm um i almost when I was thinking of names for the game forever ago i, I was almost settled on that uh <laughs> uh similar name but uh they i mean those those are like the main that's like the main trio right there I think right. that really inspired appensus back in especially in twenty sixteen when a lot of my ideas yeah. were really being uh filled in um
1: yeah, yeah, I always like that when inspiration for games comes from outside of games because I feel it stands out a lot more in the medium. Well, like we were just talking about, it feels more like an electronic album than just a game soundtrack. Right. And so the more we can keep pulling from outside of the world of games, I think the more rich games will continue to be. Yeah. Um, Rather than just trying to, you know, make the halo soundtrack again <laughs> or make the Mario soundtrack again, which they're great. Don't get me wrong.
0: It feels like the video game, the video game medium is just a great platform to uh, bring a, a myriad of inspiration from different parts uh, yeah. independent of each other um into one product.
2: Actually going back now, I just I just opened up Spotify and I'm looking at my uh my playlist for Epitasis that I made <laughs> uh back in twenty sixteen and pretty much all of it is Tycho <laughs> Washed out, a little bit of Boards of Canada, <laughs> and then I also have some random stuff in there too, such as uh uh Apex Twin uh, they're in there too uh and then 65 days of static which is you know of course no man's skies uh the artist that did the soundtrack oh, for that yeah game. no man's sky is the closest i can
1: think of like art style and feeling wise right to epithesis that i played yeah
2: there
0: was one game oh yeah Hyperlight drifter that was probably one loose loosely connected inspiration too for the soundtrack yeah right. as far as Game soundtracks go.
2: That's actually very true. Yeah, I love Hyper Light Drifter soundtrack. Disaster piece did a fantastic job there, um, and a fantastic game too. Gameplay great. Um, did he, didn't but, he do Fez as well? Yeah, I think Fez is another one we've probably talked about too. Pejman.
0: Yeah, I um,
2: I actually remember. Right. I've only
0: listened to the soundtrack while playing the game. Uh, it'd be nice to listen to it again outside of the game, but right. I do remember it having a very Ev- evocative effect and immersive quality to it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Disaster's piece is yeah. very special among game musicians for sure.
2: Yeah. And disaster piece is another interesting musician too. I think where he's done film as well. So, oh. uh, I think it's called, uh, it follows, uh, you listen to the soundtrack on a, by itself yeah. and it does sound very much like a video game soundtrack, but yeah. it goes very well with the movie somehow. Um,
1: Yeah, But yeah, back to what we were saying, I feel like games have become kind of the Wild West for music and that there are not these established rules and conventions to the same extent there are in other mediums. And you really are just allowed to pull in whatever genre you want, kind of because that's what games did when they started. Like Koji Kondo pulled all sorts of strange instrumentation for the mario games they they seemed like they were switching genres every game yeah originally uh-huh. it was
0: re- it was like ragtime yeah latin, jazz right. exactly a fusion of just... ragtime and latin jazz is essentially right. mario music
1: then <laughs> you get your your steel drums in there and yeah. just like all sorts of weird stuff yeah. going on like they've been i mean the world of mario is crazy eclectic there are turtles with um fighting football players and it's just like none of this makes any sense they were just <laughs> doing what was fun And because Nintendo was so popular, that set the standard for everyone else. So it's been a very open space um, to just try everything from full-on jazz and stuff like Cuphead to electronic with this. And I like that. And I think Western games, especially big-budget Western games, have really been trending towards, like, let's basically become Hollywood movies with our soundtracks. And I think that's a fun style to have as well. I like keeping alive the idea that games can be more than that. There are a lot of different types of music that can... That can fit here,
2: yeah, and you know the other thing too that uh PITASIS really had going for it is that mm-hmm. I, again personal project here, and we didn't really have a huge budget or anything, so there wasn't really this yeah. uh feeling that we had to like play it safe, uh so to speak, yep. in terms of pretty much anything um so we kind of just you know did yep. what we felt was best, and i I think it worked out uh for the best, yeah.
1: So and I'm always interested in the nitty gritty side. Is it a Unity game? It's an Unreal
2: Engine four game. Okay, yeah.
1: Unreal Engine. It's gotcha. Primarily... That would help
2: explain why it looks so good. <laughs> thank you.
0: Thanks,
1: Unreal. Yeah. Thank
2: you, Unreal. <laughs> yeah. Thank you,
1: Epic Games.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's always it is the it's the man and not the machine. So you use <laughs> oh, yeah. you, 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 the user. Believe me, is... if I
1: tried to make something in <laughs> Unreal, it wouldn't look like the same. So
0: yeah. So. uh <laughs> that we did that there was Lucas um, piloting yep. <laughs> Unreal <Yeah. laughs> to,
2: <yep>. thank you <laughs> make it yeah. happen um, I would say you know Unreal I'm not going to do a Unreal versus Unity because they're both fantastic engines and tools but yeah. Unreal does come out of the box with a lot of really nice features that do get you know a certain aesthetic going very fast and very quickly for an artist which is mm-hmm. extremely beneficial and nice It sounds
0: inspiring.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And were you primarily an artist and then you learned game design to go along with that?
2: Right. So, uh, back, I graduated high school in 2013. Um, and then after that, I went to community college for two years studying game art and design. So my background there was primarily art and that degree, even though it was game art, was very traditional art. Like we took color theory and color or or art history and, uh, a lot of a lot of art classes like drawing sketching uh but so and then after i graduated i went and worked at bethesda game studios for uh, about a year doing just doing qa mm-hmm. on elder Scrolls online yeah. but after i left that i went back to school for programming and that's when i started Epitasis. so Epitasis to me was sort of an art project but it was also a foray into really learning uh programming and a lot of the skills i was learning in school at the time mm. um, Yeah. So I've learned a lot since Epitasis. So like the next project, I like I'm working on that and then I go back to Epitasys and I look at the code and I'm just like, oh God, like (laughs) how did this run? How did this work? Yes. (laughs) What was I thinking? Yeah. So Do you ever do you ever
0: think do you ever see your old code and already feel like, oh that was so inefficient, I could have written that code better? Right. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And even for like the console version, I've I've already gone back and just like redone like a few things because it's just it's just better. Um. Yeah. So, nice.
1: It's like we need to do a Pitocis Game of the Year edition. <laughs> all right. Time to yeah. With all the DLC. <laughs> yeah. So
2: I graduated college actually this past May, and uh I've been working as a a full time software engineer now. So wow. Again, like a long way from your artist roots, <laughs> right? So, a Pitocis console version. Again, like it's still just something in my free time, which is why it's taken so long. But, right.
1: Uh, right.
2: Yeah. Totally. But I
1: love as someone who who dabbles in a lot of different um, uh, different hobbies, I love taking a project and like using the project as a way to learn something. Right. Like, I think it's not only the best way to learn, but um, it gives you a lot more time to be working on interesting, creative stuff if it's also developing the skills at the same time. Yeah,
2: I agree. And like my full time job, it's not something I can be extremely creative with, too, because right. uh, again, I really like the art side of things, too, and not just programming. Mm-hmm. um so it's nice when you know i'm working on my own thing and i'm getting tired of you know uh programming i can just jump into the art and then vice versa so um, yes i'm not just labored to one thing i suppose
1: yeah yeah and it Keeps also seems interesting
2: f- yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh it's
1: art and programming people don't normally connect those two you don't think of one person being able to do both right
2: yeah that doesn't happen
1: very often i guess
2: uh yeah not trying to be narcissistic, but I guess it doesn't. <laughs> no, it's it's
0: it's just true. Yeah. It's it's rare. Yeah.
2: Or less common. Right. It's if
1: you have those two skills, you are game development is like the perfect cross section of them. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really appealing about uh game development to people like that. I know uh the uh Undertale was created by one guy. Right. Um Stardew Valley was created, I think, by one guy. He might have brought one person in for the art, but there are some and they composed their music as well. And so Games, I, something I love about games is that they bring together like all of our artistic disciplines and get them working together in harmony. Yes. And I think that's what's really, really fun about them. Yeah. And stuff like uh, Unity and Unreal is making it possible for one person to actually be able to make really cool stuff. Exactly. That's what I was um, going to say too.
2: Yeah. The It's gotten to the age now where one person can really just sit down at their home computer and just produce whatever they want, which is fantastic. Yeah. And there's not really that many barriers anymore because again like when i when i went right. to college when i went to community college for game art and design a lot of those barriers still existed like unreal yeah. 4 had just come out and it was still twenty dollars a month uh unity yep. required a license but now all of those barriers are gone because mm-hmm. you know that's just the way it's progressed but and yeah. that just makes it better for everybody i think um because now you just Absolutely. get more unique games like epithesis you know so
1: yep yeah yep and from the composer side of things, there are lots more projects going on exactly. to work on. Yeah. Um, So, a lot more, uh, a lot more to do there. So, I'm curious, Pejman, have you ever been like, I should make my own game? Has <laughs> that ever been a dream of yours?
0: No, it hasn't. I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no um, ideas kicking around there. Of what just, the perfect I, Pejman game would be?
0: Oh shoot. I just want, um, I honestly, the per- per- the perfect Pejmon games would just be, um, pff, a lot of N64 games redone in HD. <laughs> uh, there you go. I-, I just want like my Wave Race 128, my Super Mario 128. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we never got Super Mario 128. It's very disappointing. <laughs> I know. And I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah. Where is it? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Those, those games, uh, I, you know. I I just feel like a lot of um, gaming mechanics were essentially perfected by that point. Uh, I don't really, I haven't seen too much improvement in terms of control and gameplay since N64. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think the, the water physics they programmed in wave race 64 are still (laughs) a standard reference. Uh, I can't believe they were able to program those water physics and, the way your uh, jet ski <laughs> would land on at an angle of a wave, it's just it's super satisfying.
1: It's interesting that you mention this because uh, just the other day, um, my brother was uh, Stephen was playing this old N sixty four game called Glover. Um, oh yeah, Glover. It's basically <laughs> like a, a Mario sixty four style thing, but you were controlling a glove that mm-hmm. moved around this ball. But it was like they fully physically modeled the ball, and it had its own physics, and you could throw it around and bounce it up and down, and it was like. <laughs> weirdly complex and i think back to some games on the n64 and you're right especially like mario 64 like you had complete control of that character in a way that a lot of modern
0: modern games have kind of stripped it down in a way yeah yeah yeah, it's kind of i feel like a lot of new games have dumbed down that amount of precision of control it's very Um, automated yeah there's a lot of um like room for error in newer games Mm -hmm. like especially the newer mario games galaxy series or odyssey there's a little bit of like a rubbery uh yeah component to the control like it it, it, it kind of like will there's a little wiggle room at the end whereas there's more raw rigidness mm-hmm. but it's smooth right. it's very like it's total control it's very analogous yes. to your movements uh with the controller hmm. and I miss that kind of hard edged hard cut yeah. sen- snappy and sensitive element of control
1: but yeah i totally know what you mean like my favorite racing game still is um rush 2049 it was a i game love on that N64. one i love rush twenty forty nine. and you had complete control of the car it, like had wings that could stick out you could perfectly like it's not just press a button and do a trick you would move the car in exact 360 degree motion and if you got it wrong you'd crash huh. and yes. i think as games audiences opened up stuff like assassin's creed and uncharted is like hey We want everyone to be able to play this, which I totally get. So now, you know, hold the A button. Yeah, the core
0: gamer got a little alienated and at the expense of let's make it very consumer friendly. And I get it. It's great for business.
2: Um, I just that's definitely that's definitely a thing that like AAA sort of games with with big budgets have, you know, sort of gone to uh, trying to mass appeal to everybody and I mean it works yes but. it does there's yeah. a reason they
1: have budgets that big and it kept going yeah.
0: you know you had pilot wing sixty four star Wars, star fox, fox yeah. sixty four yeah um the the list goes on on that console I like, got really was a good yeah. benchmark and i th- I think you could really just uh up the up the revolution <laughs> of the textures and not even make them necessarily look real like I like the cartoony yeah. vibe that And 64 had i don't necessarily need to look hyped anything to look hyper realistic as much as just nice lighting and texture right um but art but retain the art style Uh, i wouldn't want um it to look more real necessarily but more uh clarity there
1: yeah and i've been playing uh episode one racer (laughs) also super good game another great racing game from the n64 era like you're, yeah, you're... I remember that you're, you're one. You're speaking my language here, Benjamin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it doesn't really feel like gameplay has advanced much except for the second, yeah. uh, second analog stick. <laughs> I mean, that is very uh, dual, good. Dual like, I think shooters, was...
1: shooters have absolutely yes. become playable since the N64.
0: Yeah, once yeah. Halo did that, <laughs> yeah. it
2: made sense. I mean, if you think about the modern... Yeah, the modern controller hasn't really evolved in like two decades no. almost. Again, with, with Halo 1, yeah. I mean yeah i mean when the xbox came out with their controller i mean that was that's pretty much it
1: but i feel like we've seen like a resurgence of hyper precise like 2d games with stuff like celeste and and um that's kind of become its own genre now now you have me hoping pejman that we're going to get like the the 3d games getting their their retro throwbacks and indie developers really trying to recapture wave race and mario and all that so maybe that's Mm -hmm. coming down the pike oh
0: yeah
2: (laughs) maybe (laughs) i think it's already happening a little bit yeah you know occasionally i'll see stuff on twitter that that does remind me a lot of that earlier you know era of games
1: i think it's moving but speaking of modern games i did want to touch on one of your recent uh projects uh no straight roads And um, that's an interesting game. I had I had somehow missed that it was happening entirely until you mentioned to me the other day. Um, But it was people from Final Fantasy XV and Street Fighter V um, developers from there that wanted to make their own action adventure game. And um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like I haven't played it. I've looked it up and I listened to the soundtrack. Um, But it's like it reminds me most of like Jet Set Radio. But like, what what would you say? How would you describe that game?
0: Jet Set Radio is one of the primary um influences. Okay. It does have a um, cool it also no, you're you're pretty accurate there. Um Psychonauts kind of in terms of presentation mm-hmm. and gameplay as well. Um yeah. oh, there's yeah. there are definitely cues from rhythm games like you know, um jammer lamy or rap of the rapper. But still, keeping the action-adventure component as the primary um, mode of playing. It's it's in a nutshell. You you play as two rockers or punk rockers um, who um, Mm -hmm. are fighting back against the evil or quote evil EDM empire. (laughs) You know, there's there's a there's a record label that's overtake that's that's become super powerful in a city called Vinyl City. And EDM is yeah. all the rage, and the, uh, as the game says, or the CEO of the label says, the age of rock is over. Um, EDM is the is all the all the rage now. So, um, yep. you're the, there's this conflict of being you're denied to, uh, your right to rock, and so mm-hmm. like, well, oh, what happened to rock music? Oh, we and you kind of like have a skewed audition that um is biased against you you realize later and that kind of prompts you to uh and also they're like there's a unique technology in vinyl city in the game where music is what's used to generate power and electricity for the city so um okay the the power goes out in the city except for the record label so a lot of it's there's like this like oppressive (laughs) cartoony quality to it that like oh yeah. the city's out like low on power restore the power using rock right um but all the bosses are these delightfully charismatic and full of personality edm bosses so you kind of hijack their concerts one by one and there's like this mm-hmm. ironic twist to it that you're just kind of like becoming just like them you're you know you're defeating no straight roads the, the record label by becoming like mm-hmm. Ro- No Straight Roads. Like, now you're taking control over. And, um... Yeah. There is this ironic arc to the, um, plot. And, um, it's an action-adventure game. And it's not really a rhythm game, but a lot of the levels and enemies and bosses attack you in rhythm to the music. Or or even to the nice. specific melodies <laughs> in the song. But, um... It's it's not cool. a, it's not primarily a rhythm game, it's a music-centric action-adventure game and that's that's the uh, arc, that's the um presentation and style of the game. And yeah, uh, yeah. I wrote it with uh, I wrote the music with my three good buddies, uh Falk, James Landino and Andy Tunstall. Uh we we were the original four that wrote the those Sonic fan game soundtracks, Sonic BTS and Sonic yeah. ATS and like the band is back together but now for like an actually published you know semi majorly yes. you know and we're semi major published game mm-hmm. uh, or with a with a yeah. with a with a legit publisher in sold out um you know they they've been great metronomic is the developer which was led by final fantasy 15 uh, lead designer uh Juan Hosmer aka Haz and, uh, his, uh, cousin who was the, uh, illustrator for street fighter five, if I'm not in concept artist, um, for street fighter five, um, his name is dime. Um, I will, don't want to butcher his last name. I'd have to get, yeah, back I'm to
1: looking that. at the last name. I'm like,
0: I can't say it. Uh, I can, I can read it. I can probably pronounce it correctly if I read it, but, um, forgive me dime. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're actually, you know, they're, uh, experienced, um, game developers uh who've worked yeah. uh, with major developers in Japan and but they're Malaysian as well and they want to put Malaysia hmm. on the uh, games industry game development map and this is kind of Ooh. one of the first major outings a product solely from Malaysia um and so wow. it's, yeah, it's I didn't know that th- they're really showing that they have major talent there and uh it's kind of a diamond in the rough a hidden gem which can now you know uh hopefully, turn the tide, and like they can have a piece of the gaming industry pie and um <laughs> um give us give us more things yeah. to love and enjoy and it's been it's just been an awesome experience, so nice to finally okay. have that game um finished yeah. and out you know we've been working on it for about two and a half years, and wow. it's just such a good feeling to finally like you know race to the finish. Do do your best and like have it out there for people to enjoy, and you can kind of, for a moment, kick back and relax and witness uh, people mm-hmm. receiving it so well.
2: Thankfully, yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Lucas. Yeah, thanks, congrats.
0: Yeah. yeah, congrats. Super stoked. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, this is this is very cool. It's on PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Um, so it's yeah, and fully PC. published on everything, and PC, yeah. and you can indeed get a vinyl for it if or. <laughs>
0: It's it's hard yeah, to it's hard to find. Uh, I I hope they print a new um, batch. Yeah. Um. Right. Because I think they underestimated the the demand for the collector's edition and the vinyl. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's Vinyl
1: City. Come yeah. on.
0: Okay, come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I listened through the the full soundtrack, which takes a while. It's a very big soundtrack. Yeah, it's um, forty six tracks. It's crazy. Yeah it is crazy and so i'm assuming from how the boss bosses were laid out that it transitions between the different versions during the fights because they're like different there's like a rock in edm and a basic version of most boss fights or how does that work
0: there are three for each boss uh there there is a theme a base version theme Which is electronic, right. but then there's uh, usually there's an EDM version of the same song and a yeah. rock version of the same song. So each boss has yeah. three variations of the same song. Um, EDM plays if you're not doing well, uh, and rock starts. Oh. The rock version starts playing if you're doing well and beating the boss. Cool. And each boss is separated by uh, three to four phases, in which this now this part, like minute long part of the song, oh. will loop as you try to defeat this phase. Yep, um, and that
1: makes sense because the boss songs are like seven, six, seven minutes. Long. Yeah, they're all they're five crazy. to six
0: minutes long, five to seven yeah. minutes long, and so um, they, are, you know, each minute uh, represents a phase, uh, or uh, maybe a little bit over a minute, but yeah. Um, represents mm-hmm. a phase of the boss before it enters the next phase yep and there's a really cool yeah. I- that's a really cool interactive uh, uh, dynamic music system that's implemented yep. into no straight Road no straight roads that makes it a little more unique and right um such a fun experience
1: yeah it was fun to listen through because i love i mean love love sonic music especially like sonic adventure the modern sonic music the rock yeah, that, that stuff. game I just has grew up with it
0: <laughs> i i can't Damn. i feel like the game doesn't ex- escape a lot of it's like it reminds me of sonic adventure yeah. a lot when i when i play it it yes. has that vibe going yes
1: it's super and the music especially the rock stuff i'm just like oh my gosh i get more sonic music out of nowhere this is awesome yeah um and I know the EDM is supposed to be the bad guys, but I'm like, this EDM stuff's really good. That's too, the though. general <laughs>
0: consensus. The general sentiment is like, I know these are bad guys, but I've, I'm kind of down with the yeah. bad guys because their music's so good. Yeah, which,
1: yeah. Which is, they kind of make a compelling point here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's supposed yeah. to—it's supposed to yep. kind of befuddle or perplex you. Like, who am I rooting for here? Yep. Like, that—that's kind of um, a major yes. attribute of the game.
1: But definitely one of my highlights of the album was getting to hear you do vaporwave.
0: Um, I'm, really, good. I'm really, I'm oh. really thankful that the developers greenlit that. Uh, I, yes. it, it, it took a little convincing, but keyword a little, yeah. Um, and uh, they, they, they saw it and they like, oh yeah, no, this actually works. Especially yeah. the whole underwater mermaid electronic, yes. uh, virtual idol theme. Um, it yes. totally uh, suits. That's it. awesome.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's really cool. I highly recommend everyone check that out at the very least, the soundtrack or the game itself, because it's a, it's really neat stuff. It does remind me of old school Sega. And that's great to see around. Thank you. All right. So I don't know. We talked a little beforehand that you guys have an upcoming project, but you can't talk too much about that, right?
2: Yeah, we haven't really uh, disclosed anything about it yet. Okay, So, so we'll keep that under wraps, um, but
1: something to look forward to at least.
2: Yeah, it's pretty different than Epidosis. Uh definitely not another puzzle game or ex- well, it definitely has exploration, but it's not like a walking sim almost uh puzzle game. Yeah. Um definitely more, I guess I could say, that. it is action oriented, so there's that. So, it's it's been a different breed working on this game and we've been working on it for about uh I guess like a year now. Uh so yeah it'll be interesting to see once we once we show it off and what people think cuz it is a little scary to work on something for that long yeah and like not show anybody yep but it is kind of nice not playing like the rat race essentially of you know the marketing yes. every week and trying to keep up with that so yeah just being able to just focus on the game and like just work on it and flesh everything out before starting to show it off has been really nice and you know sitting in quarantine even though I'm working from home and stuff too uh has given me a lot of free time to really just hammer out so much stuff on the project so Mm. I think pretty soon we'll we'll be showing some things off that's great yeah I'm I'm really excited to see it
1: and I think sometimes there's there's so much feedback and stuff on the internet all the time. Sometimes it's nice to really develop an idea in isolation because it's really going to be its own and not not be just a response to what people want. And I think that could be a good thing right. sometimes. Right,
0: absolutely.
2: Yeah, and I don't know. I, I mean, I don't really have like a giant substantial following on like Twitter or anything. Yeah. But I do think that when people look at my stuff, they do tend to think of like Epitasis and very colorful mm-hmm. ambient exploration sorts of things. So this is gonna be very different in terms yeah. of that, I think. And it'll be interesting to see how people react to it in that regard.
0: And much like uh uh pushed me to somewhere that was kind of a natural evolution of what I of my um mm-hmm. more typical music, even though I already explore a lot of genres. Um, epithesis still did push me out of a comfort zone and um, you know none of my other music is exactly quite like epithesis. epithesis uh prompted me to enter a new sonic signature identity and mm-hmm. um, to kind of form that and establish it um, which was uh, somewhat of a departure from my normal work Um, in much the same way that epithesis did that. uh, I'm looking forward to Lucas's new project doing that again for me, where it pushes me outside of really anything I've done or anything I normally do. Um, I, I love, I love that. I love that uh, challenge. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah.
2: And I, I definitely, I definitely think it will uh, it'll push Pejman out of uh, his comfort zone once again because yep. um, it's already doing it to me yep. and you know it'll be again interesting to see what happens there. But I think uh, yeah, I've been I've been keeping Pejman updated with uh, everything as it progresses. So I think we're we're both kind of almost on the same page about <laughs> what kind of game it is and what kind of go what we're going for aesthetically and right. I guess musically almost too. So yeah, indeed.
0: And
1: you got anything else you want to plug here, Pejman? Any other projects you're on?
0: Um, I am, uh, it's not, well, I'll, yeah, I can just, uh, it's not advertised heavily. Uh, and that, that's kind of, that's kind of fine because, um, because it's really more about, it's really more for the game to shine. Like the music is very supportive of it, but it is very exciting music that I'm doing for a new game. Um, that's coming out it's a brawler um kind of inspired hmm. by imagine um japanese kaiju uh monsters um, okay brawling oh. in a kind of super smash meets power stone meets rampage um, <laughs> uh, fighter and so it's it's a yeah it's a fighter it's a brawler and it's called gigabash and it's a Oh, it's a yeah. really fun and exciting game. Um there it's already been developments already come a very long way. Uh but there's they're just pretty ambitious. Um it won't be coming out until sometime next year. But um you there's already plenty of media on it. You, if you were to look up Gigabash and yeah, it's sweet. It's a bunch of uh kaiju inspired mi- monsters duking it out. Um total party game. It's a, it's a total like frenzy and it's really stylish uh cute um and um infectious the art in, in terms of art style and it plays really well it's just it plays like a real proper fighter and i'm i'm making every yeah. i'm making a lot of um kind of 80s anime style oh, to, uh, all the way to just <laughs> full-on electronic and just very animative music um right. for for this game gigabash and it's being developed by this developer uh Passion Republic they're they are a developer that um nice. they they've always been an in-house talent that always lends their talents to AAA A developers um you know anything from Injustice to Gears of War 4 to mm-hmm. you know a, a total who's who of all the you know to um uh, what is yeah. what is that name um, uncharted the uncharted series um, they always lend assets, you know, they like lend their talents for assets, environments, characters, uh, what uh, you know, whatever you need uh, for a major developer to outsource. But now for the first time, they're making their own in-house game and they're nice. they're also based in Malaysia, too. So, <laughs> uh, oh, wow. you know, Malaysia is being really, really wow. good to me and I'm really thankful um, to them and for them to give me the chance to write music for their awesome games and um, that's cool they, yeah they're, yeah I, i'm really proud of what that uh that country's doing and they're you know, entering the gaming scene because you know like america and japan are obviously well established oh you yeah have the, you have UK, okay. and then you have uh you know canada or like isn't ubisoft based in canada
1: they are based in france, france. but they have yeah so there yeah you go. but they have huge studios in canada
0: um you know the the Korean market, uh, the Korean game development scene yep. is also strong too. And so it's really cool to oh, see yeah. mm-hmm. uh you know, whoa Malaysia's got Malaysia's yeah. got some sleeper hits. They're you know they're coming out with the the punches <laughs> and it's 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 cool to see and I'm yeah. I'm stoked to be a part of it. And that's that's the project, Gigabash.
1: Alright, well, Thank you both so much for for joining me for the interview this was great and Epitasis is a really special project so yeah. thank you Brian thank yeah, you for yeah, having a total us.
0: pleasure uh, to chat with you and and Lucas.